This is Tailgate Till May, part of the Believe Podcast Network. If you love college sports and you like to have a little action on the games, then this is the place for you because I'm your host, Stephen Gorgie, and I love both of those things too. I'm excited to be back today to preview a big weekend of college hoops ahead. But first, a reminder, you can follow me across all social media platforms at Gorg on Sports. I will post every college basketball pick, every college football pick, anything that I am betting college sports related, I will post there at Gorg on Sports on my Twitter account. So make sure you follow me there. Before I get into this weekend's games, I want to look back at Thursday night a little bit. And there was only two games involving top 25 teams on Thursday, but I think they're both worth mentioning. So Purdue takes down Rutgers, smashes Rutgers, destroys Rutgers, 96 to 68. And what a bounce back win it was for the Purdue Boilermakers coming off that loss to Ohio State. And when I get picks wrong, I will be the first to admit it. I will put my hand up and I will say, I got that pick wrong. And although I went two and one on my Thursday night picks, the one I got wrong, I got wrong really, really badly. I had Purdue under 77 and a half points in this game. And that was a loser by, I think, about nine minutes left in the second half. Purdue puts up 52 points in the first half. I think they started something like 10 of their first 12 from the field. And this was an absolute destruction by Purdue against a Rutgers defense that's very, very good. Number It was number two in the country in adjusted defensive efficiency per T-rank over the last four and a half weeks or so going into last night. And you never would have known it the way uh, Purdue absolutely destroyed that defense. I was really impressed with the way Purdue was playing in transition last night. It looked like they were getting rebounds, pushing the ball up the court, and really killing Rutgers in the transition game. And that's not necessarily what you think of when you think of Purdue, when you think of Zach Eady. Zach Eady was the normal Zach Eady, 25 points, seven boards, goes 11 for 11 from the free throw line. And I think that's something we probably don't talk about enough when we talk about Zach Eady is at 7-4, what a reliable free throw shooter he is. 72% free throw shooter. So it's, it's not it's not like he's a 85% guy, but he's a very, very reliable free throw shooter. And you saw that last night going perfect from the line, 11 for 11. And then you saw a bunch of their role players step up. You saw the freshman, Cam Heidi. He puts up 18 points, 4-4 from deep in the win. Uh, that's a, a really big deal, I think, for Purdue, because when you're trying to go on a six-game run in the tournament, you're going to need guys like that to step up. You had Lance Jones have a big night for the Boilermakers in this one. And again, it's not when we talk Purdue, it's always Edie first, but then it's really Braden Smith and uh, Lawyer right after that. And, uh, and you need these other guys to step up when you're talking about winning a national championship. So I thought it was an outstanding response from Purdue coming off that loss. I, I really like, I, I mentioned it on yesterday's show that Purdue has 
basically crushed everybody they've played coming off a loss this season. And I was dumb enough to kind of go against that last night. And, you know, I didn't bet Nebraska, or I didn't bet Rutgers, but I bet Rutgers to, to hold Purdue in check a little bit. And uh, that was the absolutely wrong play. So a really nice, impressive performance from Purdue. I feel like we're really starting to see separation from the top three and the rest of the sport. It's Purdue, it's UConn, it's Houston. I think those teams, barring something crazy happening, those teams are going to be number one seeds. And I think they have separated themselves as the top three teams in the sport right now. Now, that's no guarantee they're going to win a national championship. Any of the three of them are going to win the national championship. It's no guarantee any of them are going to get to the final four. What we have to do over the next month or so is figure out how much they've really separated themselves from the rest of the sport and how well-equipped each of these teams are to win in different ways. It's all, you know, it's so cliche, but the tournament is all about matchups and you have to be able to win in different ways. And that's what we have to figure out over these last five-ish games of the regular season. And then we got conference tournament play before we get into the NCAA tournament. But I think right now those teams are the clear top three and will clearly be number one seeds barring something drastic happening. And the team that's been vying for that fourth spot also played last night. That was Arizona. And Arizona falls at home to Washington State. And we talked yesterday about the implications in the Pac-12 around this game. And now Washington State is in first place by a half game in the Pac-12. Washington State 12-4. and Arizona 11 and 4. Before this game yesterday, you could get Washington State at plus 550 to win the Pac 12, and they are a half game ahead of Arizona. They have swept Arizona on the season. So if they finish tied, they will earn the number one seed in the Pac 12 tournament. They control their own destiny to win a share of the Pac 12 regular season title, and they just have four games left. They have at Arizona State on Saturday. They're home for the L.A. schools, and they're home for Washington. So if they finish out 4-0, they will win a share of the Pac-12 title, and they will be the number one seed in the Pac-12 tournament. They've won seven in a row. Their last loss came January 20th. Uh, in overtime against Cal, if they are able to win those last four, they will have won 11 in a row heading into the Pac-12 tournament, one of the hottest teams in the country. And I'm not going to pretend like I watched this game. I get up in I get up at 5.15, 5.30 every morning. This game tipped at 11 p.m. I'm not going to pretend like I, I stayed up till 1.30 and watched this one, but uh, I watched the highlights. And looked at the box score, and uh, it's just super impressive what Kyle Smith has done there at Washington State. But I think Arizona is a step below those other three teams, and I think you just see it with their inconsistency. And Washington State is playing very well. They're very hot. But this is a game at home as a, uh, what were they, a 12-and-a-half point favorite in this game? You really, really have to win 
if you want to be discussed among those other three teams, if you want to be a number one seed. And now I think there is a lot of competition for that fourth number one seed. You look at the betting market here, and let's bring up this betting market. Let's see what the odds are to get a number one seed. Arizona is minus 150 right now. Tennessee right behind them at plus 200. Alabama plus 500. North Carolina 10 to 1. Iowa State 16 to 1, Marquette 19 to 1, Duke 19 to 1, Kansas 34 to 1. Yeah, my Kansas bet from a couple weeks ago, not looking great there. I got them at 19 to 1 a couple weeks ago. Now it's 34 to 1. But I think there's a lot of competition there. And if my gut feeling is that one of these SEC teams is going to, either one of these SEC teams or maybe Carolina, depending on how they finish the season and we're going to talk about they have a very big game this weekend, is going to jump up and grab that number one seed from Arizona because I just think Arizona has been too inconsistent over the course of the season. Now, the computer numbers are great for Arizona. They're number three in the net. They're number four in Ken Palm. Uh, They have seven quad one wins. They're seven and four in quad one in quad one games. You compare that to Alabama, who's number five in the net, but just three and six in quad one games. You have Tennessee, who's six in the net, but five and five in quad one games. Now, Tennessee's also five and one in quad two games, so that helps a little bit. They don't have any quad three or four losses, but it's going to be interesting to see how the committee compares these teams coming down the stretch here. North Carolina, they have a chance to win the ACC outright. They're number 10 in the net. They're six and four in quad one games, five and one in quad two games. I'm trying to figure out with the committee what they value. And it seems like what they really value are the results in quad one games, quad one, quad two games. It seems like they value that more than they value the raw net ranking, the raw net rating. And That's a little confusing to me because the quadrants are based on the net ratings. So it's like, okay, you care so much about the quad, the quadrants, but you don't care as much about the actual rating, the rankings themselves. That is a little confusing to me. I could go on and on about my feelings about the net and how it's put together and the way the committee uses it. But uh, I I don't want to get into that right now. We'll have more time to get into some of that as we get closer to selection Sunday here. So I think Arizona can certainly still grab this number one seed, but they cannot falter. I don't think they can falter the rest of the way. I think they're going to have to win out because you look at who they have. It's Washington at home. It's Arizona State on the road. It's Oregon at home. And the two LA schools on the road. That's one tournament team. Oregon is the only team that they have left the rest of the way that's in the NCAA tournament mix there. And I think if you look at uh, bracket matrix, let's see, we have Oregon. Uh, Oregon's not in any bracket right now. No brackets on bat bracket matrix right now, but they are they are number 56 in Ken Palm. They're 18 and 8. They're 10 and 5 in the league. So they're certainly not completely out of the mix, but they are not on the right side of the bubble right now. So you look at Arizona's schedule down the stretch there, and it's it's a schedule they, they have to win out. 
and then they're going to have to win. I think they're going to have to win the Pac-12 tournament. And none of this happens in a silo. Depends what else happens around the country. But I think Arizona's resume would have been greatly improved with that win. If they could have won the Pac-12 regular season and they could have won the Pac-12 tournament, I think that would make for a much stronger case for that fourth number one seed, especially because that number one seed will be the team out west. Just kind of the way it works out. UConn is going to get that one in the east. Purdue's going to get the one in the Midwest. Houston's going to get the one in the South. So the one that's left is the one in the West, and it makes, and if it is Arizona, it works out very well for them. Um, so th- I think it's something they should really want to get. Also, a reminder the Final Four is in Phoenix this year. So Arizona could have a big home court advantage if they make it all the way there. So that's kind of what happened on Thursday night. Those were the Uh, the big games involving top 25 teams. As far as my picks, I had the really bad one with Purdue, under 77.5, but I did go 2-1 on the night. I had Washington State, plus 12.5. I also had Minnesota, minus 3.5 versus Ohio State, and they pick up that win. So on the season, all my college basketball bets, I am down 3.22 units. I'm trying to get on the right side of my bubble there, my proverbial bubble of zero, trying to get to the right side uh, before we hit conference tournament play, before we hit. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. March Madness. So let's get in to a big Saturday of college basketball. And this is a, a weekend I'm really excited for. I, I feel like so many different times this year, there's been like three different times where mentally I've been like, okay, it's really basketball season. It's really basketball season. And I've been in basketball mode for a while, but this is the week that weekend that kind of feels like everybody has gotten into basketball mode. Now it's a shame that it's with only five games left in the regular season here because we've had some really good basketball this season, but this is look, football dominates football dominates the landscape and we're now two weeks clear from the Super Bowl, and it feels like everybody has shifted into college basketball mode now, or at least anybody who is going to watch regular season college basketball has now really started to get into it. So this is one of the many markers throughout the season where I feel like we're slowly, gradually gaining more fans, and uh, it feels like this weekend Anybody who's going to watch regular season college hoops is going to is going to do it this weekend. And if you are tuning in, you haven't been watching all year, you're going to get a really good one to start the day because at noon on Saturday on CBS, we have a top 15 matchup. Number two, Houston goes to Waco. They're going to take on the number 11 Baylor Bears in the new Foster Pavilion. And this is a game I am super excited for because Bay or uh, Houston rather is at the top of the Big 12. They're 10 and 3 in the league. They're in sole possession of first place. They look very well positioned to win the league in its first year in the league. It would be a huge accomplishment for the Cougars to win what I, I believe is the best league in all of college basketball. 
and they have been super impressive to date. It's defense, defense, defense. We've talked about Houston a ton over the course of this season. Their defense is fantastic. They've only lost three games this whole season. They lost to Iowa State on the road by four, TCU on the road by a point, and then Kansas blew them out now almost a month ago, three weeks ago, in uh, in the fog, 78-65. to 65. And that was a game where Kansas picked them apart with their passing. That is the best Kansas has looked offensively to me over the course of the entire season. They really showed up big that day at home. Now, as far as the line goes in this one, Houston is a road favorite in this one, and they are a two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road at Baylor. So I am going to take Baylor plus 126 on the money line in this one. I'm picking Baylor to win outright. And this isn't doesn't say anything about Houston to me. This says more about the strength of the Big 12 and you're not going to go through a Big 12 schedule, no matter how good you are, only losing three conference games. I feel like Houston has one more loss that they're going to take over the course of this conference season, possibly two. But I, 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 I thought all season long that five losses was going to win the Big 12 and with Houston sitting at three right now, I think they have one, maybe two left on the schedule here. Baylor is a a good, not great team. This is kind of the battle of opposites because for Baylor, it's all about offense. They are one of the most efficient offensive teams in the country. They're number four in adjusted offensive efficiency. They're number three in three-point percentage. They shoot over 40% from beyond the arc. So they're a very good three-point shooting team, and they take a ton of threes. Over 54% of the field goals that they attempt are three, or I'm sorry, uh, 38.7% of the field goals that they attempt are three-point field goals. So they take a lot of threes, and, and they're a good passing team as well. They're not at the quite at the level of Kansas, where Kansas, I think when they played Houston, was second in the country as far as assist rate was concerned, but they are a very good passing team. They're, uh, when it comes to the passing, they're led by their point guard, Ray J. Dennis, who's one of the best assist rate guys in the country, number 17 in the, in the country in terms of assist rate, and they have some really talented freshmen on this team in uh, a wing, Jacoby Walter, and a big, Eve Misi. Now, I thought in that Kansas game, and that's what I'm going to kind of keep going back to when I think about Houston and where they're vulnerable. I thought the way that Hunter Dickinson was able to pass in that game was really important. And not everybody has a big that's as good as a of a passing big as Hunter Dickinson is. And that's going to be a challenge for Eve Misi, but I like the way, I like, the way RJ Ray J Dennis rather can handle that blitzing attack from Houston. Uh, I like the way they move the ball. I like the fact that they have a lot of good three point shooters who can knock down big shots and make Houston pay if they are aggressive and don't force a turnover. I also like Baylor is a pretty good rebounding team. And that's a, that's one of the areas where Houston really makes their hay. They're one of the best offensive rebounding teams in the country. Number fifth 
in the number five in the country in offensive rebounding percentage. So I think just the fact that this is a, a home game for Baylor, the fact that I like the way they pass the ball, I like the way they shoot the ball, and I think they can make Houston pay if they can't force turnovers. It's kind of like a team in football that's very aggressive that blitzes. If you blitz and you don't get home, you're going to give up big plays. And I think Baylor can hit those big plays with their ability to hit the three. So I like Baylor on the money line at home. You can get them at plus 126 on FanDuel. All of these bets that I, I am putting in are for a half unit on plus odds, on something like that, a money line plus odds. I will risk a half unit. Anything else that, that is minus odds, I will, uh, I will bet whatever it is to win a half unit. So that's my first bet of the day. Baylor on the money line against Houston. Moving down the slate, 1 o'clock. I don't want to spend a ton of time on this game, but it is a game I'm going to bet. Number 24, Florida host Vanderbilt, and I am going to lay a lot of points with the Gators here. I'm going to lay 17 and a half with the Gators because I came away from that game against Alabama super impressed with Florida and what they can be. Florida is a very good team offensively. I Again, I came away from that game very impressed. They play a very fun style of play under Todd Golden, where they get up and down the court. So watching them in Alabama play an overtime game, a 98-93 game, that was one of the more fun games I I watched all season long. I love their ability to score, and Vanderbilt is a team that is just going in the wrong direction right now. They're 7-19 on the year, 2-11 in conference play. We might be looking at, you know, I don't know if Vanderbilt is going to make a move, but this is year five for Jerry Stackhouse at Vanderbilt. They have not made the tournament at any time in his tenure there. Last year, they were above 500 in conference play for the first time. That, of course, will not happen this year. They're sitting at 2-11 in conference play and they are going the wrong direction they have gotten blown out time and time again when they've gone gone on the road uh they lost to auburn 81 54 on the road back in january they lost to south carolina on the road a few weeks ago 75 to 60 and south carolina isn't exactly a team that is known for getting up up and down the court and scoring south carolina number 355 in the country in adjusted tempo so not a team that gets up and down the court at all and most recently in their last road game tennessee took them down 88 to 53 so i like florida at home they are coming off a tough loss it could be a bit of a letdown spot but i just don't like the way that vanderbilt is going i trust todd golden to get them refocused and i think they blow out the doors at home so give me the gators laying a lot of points minus 17 and a half in this one let's go to the two o'clock time slot and one of the games i am most interested in on saturday comes from the acc you got number eight duke going to winston-salem they're going to take on the wake forest demon deacons and wake forest is a team that is super interesting right now because they are a computer darling over the last four and a half weeks or so. Since January 22nd, they are number 11 in T-Rank, BartTorvik.com. Number 11 in 
the country, but they are just four and four over that time. And the reason that they are number 11 in the country over that over the course of that time is because they are blowing out teams that are in the middle to the bottom of the ACC. Their last time out, they beat Pitt 91 to 58. 91 to 58. A few weeks ago, they beat Syracuse 99 to 70. They followed that game up with an 80 to 51 win over Georgia Tech. Now, none of those teams are tournament teams. None of those teams are tournament teams. But Wake Forest has been blowing teams like that out. And that really helps you in the computer rankings. It really helps when you put up, they put up 1.44 points per possession against Pitt. And that's really going to help you. It's also helped them in the net because the net utilizes offensive and defensive efficiency. So Wake Forest, very much a bubble team, but they are up to number 27 in the net rankings. Now, what is holding them back is they are two and seven on the road. They are one and five in quad one games, and they're just four and four in quad two games. So they don't have any bad losses, 12 and 0 against quads three and four, but they are again, one and five in quad one games, five and nine in quad one and two games combined, and they are not winning on the road. So this is a huge opportunity for Wake Forest to pick up a monster quad one home win against Duke, who is number 12 in the net rankings. This is a resume building game. And the question you have to ask yourself is, do you trust that that beating bad teams, that just punishing bad teams truly tells you something about a team and their ability to compete with the absolute best? Or do you think it's kind of a separate ballgame? I tend to think that it's a little bit of a separate ballgame. Like, I think it matters, but I don't think it's the whole story here. I like Wake Forest. I like how they play offensively. I like Steve Forbes a ton. I like how well they've played at home. And I don't entirely Trust Duke. Duke did beat them a couple weeks ago, 77-69 in Cameron. It was a close game throughout. The line in this one is just, it's Wake's favorite. Wake's a one and a half point favorite in this game. And I'm just going to stay away. I am going to stay away from this one, but it's one of the games I am most interested in watching on this big Saturday of college basketball. So I'm sorry if that feels like a little bit of a cop-out, but I really don't like to bet games that I don't have a strong opinion on, I don't have a strong feeling on, and I just don't know what to make of this Wake Forest team. I, I, My gut before I saw all, before I started really digging into this, was this is a huge chance for Wake Forest at home. My gut was to take them. But then when I started digging in, I'm also a believer in there's a difference between between playing the top, top tier teams and, and destroying middle of the pack teams. So I don't know what to make of this one, but it's one of the games I'm most fascinated in watching. And then from a Duke perspective, I mean, Duke's still in it for a number one seed, but they need to be really good down the stretch. I view them much like Arizona right now, where I don't think they can lose down the stretcher. They have Wake, Louisville, Virginia, NC State, North Carolina. So should get a, a couple cracks 
at a at Q1 win, certainly against North Carolina at home. And then Virginia is sitting right now at 47. So Virginia would actually be a Q2 win uh, since it's a home game. And that brings me to the next game I'm really interested in on the day, 4 p.m. in the ACC. Let's stick there. Number 10 North Carolina goes to Charlottesville to take on the Wahoos. Uh, North Carolina at the top of the ACC right now. They're 12-3. and three. They're tied with Duke. They, of course, beat Duke head-to-head, but they will have that another, another meeting at the end of the season. North Carolina in third place at 11-5. Two game, or Virginia, I'm sorry, in third place at 11-5. And, and Virginia, they've, they've had a rocky year. They've been up and down. They haven't been the most consistent team out there but they've been playing a lot better as of late outside of their most recent game, which was an absolute blowout loss against Virginia Tech, 75-41. to And you saw their flaw. You saw what they struggle with. They struggle to score the basketball, and it reared its ugly head because, look, they went through a rough stretch where – they lost back-to-back games. They're sitting at two and three in the conference, and all of a sudden, they run off eight in a row from January 17th to February 10th. They don't lose a game. UVA did not lose a game, and now they've lost two of their last three. They, they lose one at home to Pitt. They beat Wake Forest, and then they get blown out in that game against Virginia Tech. But you know what? I am going to take UVA in this one because this is a monster game for them. They're at home, and they do, as always, have a very, very good defense. If you look at the Ken Palm rating, or if you look at the Torvik rankings, the T-rank ratings uh, since January 22nd, that's kind of the time frame I'm using today because it's almost five weeks. If you use those ratings over that time frame, T-Rank projects us at Virginia minus three. If you use the full season ratings, it would be North Carolina minus 1.7. I am going to take Virginia on the money line in a grinded out, drag out slugfest, what Virginia basketball always is. Uh, I'm going to take Virginia money line plus 108 to win this game outright. Now, another game at the 4 p.m. time slot it might be the single most entertaining, interesting game of the day, and that's going to be in the SEC. That's going to be Alabama and Kentucky. Now, Kentucky, you know, I don't know what to make of them. Actually, I do know what to make of them as a basketball team. I don't think they're a particularly great basketball team. I don't think they're a team that's going to make any noise in the NCAA tournament. I think they're going to continue to kind of fall short in the NCAA tournament, just like they have the past several years. But they are a team that can certainly score. They are a team that gets up and down the court. And that's what Alabama is too. And this is going to probably be one of the most fun games to watch of the day. The over-under in this game, the total, is 178 and a half points. Kentucky is a one and a half point favorite in this game. I do not trust Kentucky enough to bet on them in this game. But a lot of people that I respect seem to really like Kentucky here. I am staying away from it because I just, out of principle, I do not trust this Kentucky team. I don't trust 
this Kentucky team. This seems like a spot where they would show up, but I also thought they would show up and play some defense against Tennessee on a Saturday night a few weeks ago. That didn't happen. I'm going to stay away from this one, but I am going to enjoy the hell out of watching it because I love up and down basketball. I love high tempo, high pace basketball, and I think that's what we're going to get here. A big one for Alabama with them still being in contention for that number one seed. Um, a game that I am betting, one more game that I am going to bet, and certainly not a highlight real game here, but I am going to take Penn State minus two and a half versus Indiana, and Penn State coming off a big home win over Illinois in the midweek. Penn State, a team that kind of really rebounded. It looked like maybe they were on the brink of losing their season. Uh, they dismissed one of the key players on their team, Kanye Cleary. They go out, they get a big victory in Mike Rhodes' first season over a top 15 opponent in Illinois. And Indiana, they, uh, they're, they're a sinking ship right now. This pick has a little more to do with Indiana than it does Penn State, and, and it has to do more with how effective the home court advantage has been in the Big Ten this season. But Indiana is having a, a season from hell here, sitting at 14-12 and 12 overall. They're under 500 in the league. They, they've had problems all year with shooting from the outside, and they're not like the worst. They're, they're, they're one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the league, they're 30 or in the in the country, shooting 32% from beyond the arc on the season. And they don't shoot a ton of them because they don't have shooters. They rely almost entirely on scoring in the paint. Penn State beat this team 85 to 71 in Assembly Hall. Uh, I think this Indiana team seems like a sinking ship. Mike Woodson, Indiana's head coach, is in year three. This is not the direction he wants to be headed and I think there are some real questions about whether he will return next season as the Hoosiers head coach so uh, this is a fade of Indiana here that two and a half line seems low to me one more game that I'm really interested and excited about is UConn UConn hosts Villanova 8 p.m eastern Saturday night and this is a chance for UConn much like Purdue to bounce back after a loss and show the country, show the world that we can bounce back after a tough loss and really lay the hammer. And Villanova has an interesting resume because they've done very, very well in their big games, but they have struggled against some of the lower tier competition on their schedule. You look at some of the teams they've lost and they've lost to a bunch of teams in the that big five in Philly, they've lost to Penn, they've lost to St. Joe's, Drexel, but they've also beaten Creighton. They have a win over Creighton on the year. They have a win over Texas Tech, a win over North Carolina. So Villanova is kind of a weird team to figure out, but I'm interested in watching this just to see what UConn's response looks like coming off a big loss. So that's primetime, 8 p.m. on Saturday night. That's the show for today. That's your Saturday college basketball preview. If I add any additional bets, I will post them on Twitter at Gorgon Sports. 
I will be coming back Sunday night to record a weekend wrap-up show. That will be in wherever you get your podcast before your Monday morning commute. So be sure to tune in as I recap uh, what looks to be a fun, exciting weekend in college basketball. Until next time, keep the girl hot and the cooler cold.